When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Severed Angel, the deluxe edition of the self-titled debut album, available now. Pick up your copy today over at SeveredAngel.com. Available on all streaming media platforms. Severed Angel, get ready to ride the dogs of war. Welcome once again to Screams from the Grave. Ah! Welcome back. Greg Noggle and Lou Mavs in the house. Last episode, we talked about Cuddy Sark, which was Greg's pick. And this time we're talking about one of my picks. Now, I've loved this band from Ireland for the longest time. And if anyone out there says you two, please kindly go fuck yourselves. Uh, it's not you two. It's Mama's Boys. Three yes. brothers. Also- Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, yes. So they're more British than Dubliners. But regardless, I was a wee tyke in Astoria, Queens, New York, when I first saw Mama's Boys on U68, which was a UHF music video channel. And the uh, two videos that they showed from them all the time were If the Kids Are United, which is their uh, cover of a Sham 69 song, and also their video for Needle in the Groove. And I first heard Needle of the Needle in the Groove and just instantly fell in love with them. They were one of the most important gateway hard rock metal bands for me growing up as a kid. I discovered them through, although the whole reason I mentioned Northern Ireland is because I know somebody's going to have a problem with this description somewhere, especially nowadays, but... I discovered them by checking out different new wave of British heavy metal stuff. And it was actually an old VHS tape. Someone had given me of um, videos from that era. And I took it from my buddy for the fast wave videos, actually, who Dave King was also from Northern Ireland. And we all know fast Eddie Clark. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hey, is fuck Dave King. And, and, whatever you know what we're not even going to mention the name no we want i'm sorry Move but, on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but needle in the groove came on after the video for um say what you will and i was mm-hmm. like wow th- this is awesome this is amazing and then i got that jive album and i was relatively new to a lot of heavy metal at the time so honestly what grabbed me more so about them and fast way both was the bluesier element to it uh, the One Brothers playing made me think a lot about Robin Trower, which Bridge of Size still is one of my favorite albums, but I was absolutely nuts for it at the time. Yeah, no, Pat, the Professor McManus, I mean, you know, he definitely 
I love this playing, you know, like he had a little bit of the, uh, the guts of like Rory Gallagher with like the skill set of a uh, Brian Robertson of, uh, of Finn Lizzie and, you know, him being such a young kid at the time, because, you know, they were, uh, these guys formed this band when they were still in like, I mean, Tommy, the drummer, I think was 12 when the band formed. So, so, so Pat definitely had like an Eddie Van Halen LA, you know, guitar type feel to what he was doing. I mean, the kid was, was, and he played the fiddle. Yes, the electric fiddle, which is just totally unique. And people do not let it turn you off because it is absolutely amazing the way he does it. Th this isn't some like, you know, uh, this VH1 isn't one late 90s bullshit type fiddle playing. I mean, this guy rocks the fiddle like, you know, not like a Charlie Daniels, but uh, wow. You know, just you never you never him and, and Atomic Tommy M of UFO, two great guitarists who can play the hell out of a fiddle the devil would be proud to lose his golden fiddle yes yes to these I couldn't guys, agree more. rather than some redneck from down south <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna start with the first album over here which is uh uh oh. self-titled uh, album mama's boys which is a i love the album cover it's a I wouldn't call her a milf or a gilf, but uh, she's definitely someone who would let me make a, a cup of tea in a uh, in a hell of fire with a flying V and a white fiddle violin for any of you music snobs out there. And, um, you know, I saw this and immediately fell in love with the cover. And by the way, Greg sold me these records. Thank you, Greg, for having them because they're the versions of the albums I wanted. Um the subtitle starts out with uh, Crazy Daisy's House of Dreams. Um, you know, the the one thing people might say about Mama's Boys is that, you know, they're definitely a reflection of where, you know, teenagers were at the time. Um, and again, like when this came out, I was four. But there's just something about it when you listen to it. It, it takes you back to that period of what it might have been like if you weren't around to live it. And... I tell you, there's there's a ferocity of this band that, you know, you sometimes forget these are their kids when they did this. Totally. I mean, do you remember the or did you know the name of their original independent label that they released it on? Uh, yes. And it's it's basically it's like Willow or Cat. I feel awkward saying the word. <laughs> it was. It was on Pussy <laughs> Records. Yeah, and, there you go. But the mascot I mean, was a cat. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, to, to, to lead into what I was going to say, though, um, and not just the, the ferocity, but that look into teenagers during that time period, there is such a refreshing, youthful exuberance to the way they wrote and played like, I know a lot of people say, oh, when I think of summertime, I think of docking or I think of poison. I think of mama's boys. Yes. And there's nothing that any teenage boy out there wants to do. I don't care what decade you're from or what era you're from or what demographic you fall under. You want to go to a certain den of ill repute and see some beautiful visions. Certainly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Anyways, moving right along to the next track, Runaway Dreams. Um, here's where they show 
more of their bluesy side. You know, it's like a it's it's a driving song, almost like a precursor to uh, Needle in the Groove, but a killer track nonetheless. And, you know, there's uh, there's some great playing on here. This is actually my favorite song on the record. I mean, I I love the whole thing, but the bluesy vamp, the groove they get going on this is just so amazing to me. Like, if I was back in the arcade playing that old Kiss pinball machine, I'd want to listen to Runaway Dream. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, mind you, there's there's like a couple of different versions of this album, especially depending on what country you purchased it from. Um, in the United States, um the the cover of if the kids are united is on this as opposed to elsewhere where it was just released as a single but we'll get to that song when we're on it because there's actually um on on most versions that you, if you can find it uh the final track of it is their original version of straightforward no looking back but I, we'll get to that on power and passion um the next track is their cover of mama we're all crazy now by slade Right. I said Slade because it's not a Quiet Riot song. It was another attempt at them trying to do um, another Slade song. They had success with Come On, Feel the Noise. I personally think their cover of Mama World Crazy Now is better than um, their cover of Come On, Feel the Noise. But I'll take Mama's Boy's Mama World Crazy Now over Quiet Riot's. I think I think Mama's Boy's actually does the best version of the song. I mean, Cards on the table. I respect Slade. Not the biggest Slade fan. Outside of, I do appreciate Naughty Holder a lot. Yeah. Um, Quiet Riot, while I like their version of it, they don't come to it with the energy that Mama's Boys do. They they were happy to record this song, and it fits into the album well, whereas Spencer Proffer pretty much said, Hey, you guys had great success with the last slate cover. Here's another one. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> no, and and you know, you definitely hear that they wanted to do it. This wasn't a record label recommendation. And again, I love Quiet Ride and all that, but you know, facts are facts. It is what it is. Gentlemen Rogues. All right. Um part of me wants to say that this is my favorite track on the album. Um Okay, I'll I'll say this. It's my favorite track with vocals on the album. Um, this is a barn burner, and and again, it, it speaks to like you know the youthful exuberance of teenage energy, where it's like you know it, it brings you back to a place where it's like you know you were young, you were carefree, and you know you just wanted to have fun. So exactly, I love it. This is this is a tune I would have, well, I did. I queued up on my cassette Walkman as I was riding my bike down to the beach. They, and this is in Jersey. Yep. Perfect. All right. Good. <laughs> yeah, um, it wasn't Rockaway though. Uh, and that's... I, I I wasn't fighting white trash chicks for Coors Lights at nine <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> I I never went to Rockaway Beach, but. Uh... You know, we we drove out to Long Island, which is why I'm here now. Anyway, um, next track, Lonely Soul. Again, these kids, I get, I sit. John and and Pat are grown men right now, but at the time they were kids when they did this. You know, and these guys captured blues so well. You know, you could definitely hear 
a love for like a like a Rory Gallagher or like BB King on this. And, you know, everything they do, whether it's rock, blues, metal or or pop, they just they just do it well. Yeah, I I mean, even. Uh, you know, you're putting the exuberance aside, just how accomplished the professor's playing is on these tunes. I mean, you, you can tell he enjoyed it. it. It might not be the most complex stuff in the world, but it hits all those notes you want to hear mm -hmm. and takes you away. Yeah. Uh, flip the disc over to side two. And this version of the album starts with their cover of Sham 69 at the Kids Are United. Now, recall, as I said before, in most territories outside of the United States, that was released as a single. Um, on the American version, the I think this is the first printing. It was part of the album. It, let, it kicked off uh, side two. Now, I love the Sham 69 version, but listen, if Mick Wall agrees with me and Manny agrees with me, then I know I'm in the right. This is the best version of If the Kids Are United you'll ever hear from any band. It is. It totally is. And it goes back to that youthful exuberance, possibly the fact that they're brothers, but also just how hard they believed in what they were doing. It just elevates it to the next level where it becomes the definitive version of this song. That's a perfect way to describe Mama's Boys. They made the listener emotionally invest in whatever it was you were listening to. Absolutely. Yep. Um, next track after that is In the Heat of the Night. Um, this actually starts off one of their independent releases, Plug It In. And I think it's a scorching track. Um, the one thing about their jive records as opposed to their independent records, there there is a very heavy keyboard presence but I don't think it takes away from how good the songs are. Listen, I, I know that there's some people out there, some influencers that talk about, oh, a hard rock shouldn't have keyboards. I'm talking about a certain, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah what's the Betty trunk? Anyways, <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I personally, you know, he, he could shit on Van Halen 1984 all he wants. I love it. And it's better than any Hagar album that he did with them. And uh, yeah, and, and this album has keyboards on it, but it's still better than any Hagar era Van Halen album. So well, you know what, though? And what has always irritated me the most about that and Eddie Trunk's hypocrisy is he always talks so highly of the first Freelease Comet album, which I love it. I'm not saying anything negative about it, but you can't talk all this shit on keyboards and then talk about how great the common album is because thank there's you keyboards on that too and they are much more prominent thank you i agree with you wholeheartedly but again this song is a scorcher all right so i mentioned that gentlemen and rogues was my favorite track with uh vocals on it this is my favorite track on the album the professor which is an instrumental track and gee, oh, man I, as a guitar player, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for skills in a song of the player, but making sure that what they write, you know, it, making sure that what they write matches the quality of the song. And, and I feel like Pat and his brothers gave us that with this track. I absolutely love it. 
they totally did. This is a song that should make the hair stand up on your arms and bring a tear to your eye. It's so beautifully written. It reminds me, to bring them up again, of what Ulrich Roth used to write with Scorpions when he was in the band. I mean, this is Good basically Mom Boy's Nightlights. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good, <laughs> and that's a good segue into our next episode <laughs> where we talk about Entrance from Scorpions. But yeah, and and you know, the, it's it's funny because everyone's always like, "Well, could they pull it off live?" Well, if anybody watches Mama's Boy's performance from the Camden Theater, it's available on YouTube. Um, yes, they pulled it off live. Yep. Now. This album ends, this version of the album ends with Midnight Promises, which um, that was from uh, the Turn It Up era. But I love the way that they redid it on this. Again, it's keyboard laden, but you definitely hear John, the bassist and vocalist. Um, he definitely showcases his range more and there's more confidence in his singing ability here than there was on the independent releases. And him and Tommy as a rhythm section just lock up perfectly. It's basic, but who cares? It's, it's, Avi, you can find a better pair of brothers doing a band together than, than Mama's Boys. And, you know, this album, again, for what it meant to me growing up, and it still has the same meaning for me right now, 10 out of 10. Oh, definitely. And, you, you know, to bring the keyboards up again, I hate when people are talking about Mama's Boys and especially some of the older guys that were around when they were first coming out of Northern Ireland. Oh, it's it's Americanized. It it really is not Americanized. All this album sounds comparatively is just stronger and more confident. And the keyboards give it an extra layer of not so much emotion, but definite complexity where they they help build up the song a little bit there's there's added depth to it i think the keyboards add depth to it yeah and that's exactly what they do you know they 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 had grown as musicians there's nothing wrong with the raw releases but i think this represents their vision better yeah i mean there's definitely uh you, you you can tell that there's a budget there as opposed to their independent releases. And um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because that album came out. I I dare, I don't want to, it was at the height of 1984, the, the Van Halen album, because Pyromania had come out the year before that. And this is where Mama's Boys started doing tours opening for Rat. They started, you know, they were opening for Bon Jovi. They were opening for Rush. They were opening for some of the classic bands of the 70s who were still doing it. I mean, these guys were wanted. They were a hot commodity. And it really showcased on their next release, which is Power and Passion. Now, this is the original album cover, which shows the three brothers in the front. The release, the recent re-releases on CD has uh, a woman sitting on the chair, scantily clad, you know, leg kicked in the sky, head pointed up. It's pretty hot, I'm not going to lie, but this is the version of the album that I remember with the three brothers united and looking like Pat's ready to knock you over the head and El Cabong you to death with his flying V. So great, great 
iconic album cover for me. Certainly. They were there to make a statement, and that does it. And I think Power and Passion is the perfect title for that picture. Yes, this, this as well as Pyromania and Metal Health were three important gateway albums for me uh, as, as, a, as a young lad growing up and discovering this music. And it's funny you mentioned the statement. I don't think you could, be, you could have a better statement for an opening track than Hard and Loud, you know? And they get a little funky on this track, too. They do. I love it. And it, it works. It, it reminds me because they are so competent and in tune with each other. It reminds me of how tight Rick James's original Stone City band was. That's an interesting comparison. But, because yeah. the Stone City band, even though they were a funk band, they would move into some rock grooves and then back and forth and mama's boys did it the best outside of them for me yeah it's funny because the guitarist did have a bumblebee strat that he played in stone city van and i thought that was pretty cool um the next track is one that mama's boys would play from their inception well into the era right before we lost uh tommy to leukemia again rest in peace tommy mcmanus you are sorely missed as a musician and a drummer and oh, and and uh, and um, our condolences to uh, John and and uh, and Pat recently on the loss of their mother. Uh, you know, Mrs. McManus, rest in peace. But uh, this track, straightforward, no looking back. Um, you know, I, I have to admit, th the version that they had on their independent release on Plug It In was perfect. And here you see a band with a budget who had more time and more finances to do more with it. And uh, I have to admit, I nowadays, I think I prefer the plug it in version better, but this one still rips. It's still a great song. And I think one of their best mission statements, if you want to call it that. But yeah. I, I do prefer the plug it in version as well. But I don't dislike this one. That, right. That's a tough thing to talk about there because it doesn't really lose anything by having more money and production behind it. It's just a little different. Yeah, no, we're not knocking it at all. I mean, it's just it, it's different, but it, it fits the flow of the album better. That I'll mm -hmm. say. Um, the next track, Letting Go. Again, you're hearing some cr cool fiddle playing here from, from uh, Pat. So, and the song itself is good. I get, you know, three anthems in a row that sound nothing like each other. And I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, what I would call diversity meets consistency. That's probably the best description you could give. <laughs> they get this right. It's the only one we could give. But it's a good yeah. one. And of course, you know, the, uh, the song that made me fall in love with Mama's Boys, Needle in the Groove. Um, I, I, I implore you, I will put a link in the description so people could, uh, watch this video. And, uh, also if, you know, hopefully that'll get some royalties in for, uh, for Pat and John, cause, uh, God knows Jive fucked them over royally, but I digress. Yep. But one of the best songs of the eighties, I mean, everybody should hear this. Oh, if you yeah. are an eighties hard rock and heavy metal fan, I mean, I love the self-titled more. 
I'm not even going to lie. That's fine. Not because I dislike anything on power and passion. I mean, it's, I'd still rate it 10 out of 10. Honestly, I just prefer the first one, but this song needle in the groove should be on every compilation that goes through this time period. I'd agree with you. And, and, and I'll say this, I've seen a lot of videos of uh, bands covering this song in particular. And while I admit you guys sound good doing it, you can't match Tommy's feel and groove. You can't do it. I haven't heard anybody yet that's been able to match it. So that just shows you what a kind of special player Tommy McManus was. Oh, yeah. I... And uh, the next track after this is uh, it closes off side one. It's a track called Run. It's a it's a I would say it's a good pop rock song. You know, I mean, definitely like, you know, you got the high end staccato keyboards in the uh, verse, in the second and third verse, but uh, well, the second verse, but I, again, I love it. And the solo rips. Oh, the solo is my favorite part of it. Um, It kind of reminds me almost of something like the sweet would do. Yeah, that's a good description. (laughs) I agree with that. It's, it's, it's poppier, it's catchier, but they, they, still believe in it i mean it, it's a good song there it's it fits along with the diversity of the rest of the album it just isn't really something you probably would have expected from mama's voice but it's great and i don't think it's poppy's tendencies hurt it at all i think people that complain about that online as i was reading reviews for this are are nuts i think those keyboards are just this metal block for these I'm just going to say it, elitist pricks. <laughs> I'm not that, stopping you. <laughs> don't don't want to hear it. I mean, I mean, the song is great. It's an earworm. This isn't Paul Stanley doing my way on Crazy Nights. Oh, God. You know, of all the songs you had to bring up, you had to bring up that one? <laughs> well, I was trying to think of the most awful example I could because of what I've seen people say about Run, and it's just not true. I mean... For me, this is just as good as, well, to be flat out honest, I like it better than the sweet doing Fox on the run. <laughs> Fair enough. But I will say this. If you're on a desert island and your two choices are run by Mama's Boys or My Way by Kiss and you choose Kiss, I don't want to know you. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Leading into uh, side two. Um the title track, Power and Passion, my God, I I still get goosebumps listening to this one. Um, I, I, you know, again, an, an anthem, a statement, you know, similar to the first three tracks on side one. But again, you know, consistent in its message, but it varies in the delivery. You know, this is a full on 80s metal assault track. I love it. This is one of my favorite songs Mama's Boys ever did, and it gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. It's it's just flat out amazing in the way it's written. Yeah, and played it it just evokes it it takes you on one of those emotional journeys, and that was one of their benefits. Mm-hmm. You know. And talk about emotional journey. I'd have to say, don't tell mama. There, there's a, there's a, 
you know, anyone that's um that that's ever faced the uh, fear of uh, having to tell their mama something. Yeah, that's an emotional journey in itself. And uh, yeah, this this song I was able to relate to. And I kind of feel like there's a danger element behind the song, you know, sort of when it when it goes from the bridge into the guitar solo back into uh, the main verse. I mean, what a what a ride they take you on. Definitely. And I then, can't describe it any better than that. <laughs> I'm glad I'm speaking for both of us then, Greg. <laughs> and then The Professor 2, which, um, okay, so I, I admit I heard Professor 2 before I heard Professor 1, and this is one of my favorite instrumental tracks of all time because you have, like, how, how would I describe this? You got some shrapnel records type stuff going on in the the main parts of the song, you know, from the beginning up until they get to the funky part. These these Irish boys know how to get funky. These Northern yeah. Irish boys know how to get funky. <laughs> but Jesus, like the the skill set uh, amongst them. I mean, Tommy was one of the best double bla- double bass uh, drum players, I, I think at the time. I I it. it I'm flat out say it pisses me off that he doesn't get enough recognition or any recognition for that matter. Um, You know, and and there's just such a skill set between him and the way John, the bassist locks up together. And, you know, and then you have, you know, Pat just overlaying everything with the keyboards and his amazing guitar playing. Um, I'll put his performance on this up against anything that, Eddie Van Halen or Ingve Momstein or Michael Schenker did at the time. I will put it up there. I love Pat McManus as a guitarist. Um, he was a huge influence for me. So you covered it good, man. <laughs> can't can't disagree or really add anything. That's probably the only downside to us being so similar. <laughs> ah, goddamn. All right, then you know what? I'll let you start off with the final track. Let's get high. Your thoughts, sir it's just a fun i agree great no. <laughs> I, I i i mean again you know if you, if you were going to party down at the beach or with your friends this is right up there with van halen too yeah yeah this is a good uh complimentary track to the entire van halen van halen 2 album i i would agree with that yeah and uh Again, it's another statement song, but the statement here is have have fun, be young and drink Pepsi. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's a, a, a killer album closer. Um, you know, it, it's funny. We failed to mention that the producer behind both albums. I know you're not a very big fan of this person, uh, Chris Sangarides. Yeah. I, actually, I I forgot he produced these, which is funny because he's usually really middle of the road. I mean, you I prefer his production on this? Hmm. You prefer his production on these albums? Yeah, I really think this is one of the only times he really captured what the band wanted to do and enhanced it. That's an interesting take on it. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I kind of wish 
that the master tracks were available um so that it could be hmm. remastered and just sound you know maybe sonically better for um listening to you know in general whether you, I, I would like to hear these albums remastered and and done perfectly well but the problem is and pat's explained this he said that the the label that they signed with which was jive um when you look back on bad record contracts fulfilled in the 80s unfortunately they signed one of them and jive owns the rights to the music they own the rights to the tracks whatever they want to do with them so unfortunately you know pat could perform them all he wants with his band the pavic manis band but as far as getting the rights back or whatever it would cost both him and john an arm and a leg so uh the truth is, if you have a copy of the self-titled and Power and Passion, hold on to it. If you can find it for cheap on Discogs, go for it. Um, you know, full disclosure, you'll probably be paying an arm and a leg for it because they're so rare and out of print. But if you can find them, I think both albums are worth having in your collection. Oh, certainly. Um, definitely. Pick them up. Search them out everybody should have these two. I mean, what else can you say about them? I just, I think they're that great. I could say three things. Plug it in, turn it up, and pussy. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! On everybody that note. some. I want some, too. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> we're going to end this episode of Screams from the Grave, uh, talking about Mama's Boys. Um, Pat, I know you and John are out there. Greg and I love you. If you guys ever want to come on Rod Side Review to do an interview with us to talk about, you know, Mama's Boys, we'd love to have you on. Certainly. Anytime, guys. I, I will take off work that day if we <laughs> have to do it early in the morning because of the time difference. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, oh, by the way, last tidbit of, uh, uh, of information. When Fast Eddie Clark reunited Fastway in 2008, John McManus was his bassist. Yes, he was. So that's pretty cool. And uh, and on top of that, Mama's Boys, this is how good they were. When Thin Lizzy was doing their farewell tour with Thunder and Lightning, Mama's Boys was her opening act. So this band had promise, and we're going to keep their good name alive. So on that note, this is Lou Mavs for Greg Noggle. Thanks for watching Screams Through the Grave on Rat Side Review. Like and subscribe, ratsawreview.com. Check us out. Thanks a lot.